Jesus says, whoever believes in me, as scripture says, rivers of living water will flow from within him. Good morning, Christian America. These are Jesus's words to his followers, to the bystanders, and to the religious leaders who are listening to him preach and teach at the Feast of the Tabernacles. Jesus is getting pretty deep into why he came, who he is, what is the purpose, and how we, his followers, can be joined with him in eternal life. Let's get into scripture today, the gospel according to John, chapter 7. We're going to start at verse 32. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort. We seek to revitalize the Christian faith across our nation, not for some personal agenda, not to raise money, not to uh, have fame or glory or anything like that, not on our own agenda or preconceptions, but to revitalize the faith of people in our nation because it is needed. It is so necessary. Friends, we believe that a turn back towards the teachings of Jesus, a turn back towards what is good, right, and just. A turn right back to what is righteous, what is truly moral. A turn back to what is truly the universal truth is the only way we can help repair the damage that has been done over years and decades of conflict and strife and outrage that is being perpetrated within our country. This is not about something personal. This is about the communities and our nation, the families within those communities and the individuals within those families. That is the purpose of this podcast, is the purpose of this revitalization effort, is to Encourage those who believe in God to encourage those who know that there is an objective truth and that he comes in the form of Jesus Christ. That scripture is a blueprint on how to live our lives righteously individually, but also righteously as a unit collectively, as the smallest unit in the family, the nuclear family. Then the, the neighborhood, the community writ large, in the Old Testament vernacular, it would be the tribe. As a state, as a country, as a people, as a society, eventually as you know, the whole world, moving and worshiping and praying and believing in one accord, knowing what is true, knowing what is just, knowing what is righteousness, not because I say it, not because some person says it, but because it's been handed down through the teachings of Christ. From Jesus to his apostles, from his, those apostles to the followers of the apostles, and so on and so on, over 2,000 years. 
of teaching, written and oral, the tradition of how to live, how to behave, how to speak, how to deal with conflict, how to work within the community. When we move past this, when we think that we of our own accord know more than ancient, ancient tradition and history, no more than God's word, we're doomed to fail. And I think anyone with eyes and the time to look would recognize that we're failing. And I contend that we're failing because we've moved away from the teachings of scripture. We've moved away from the word of God. We've moved away from the example of Jesus. And so we come here this Monday to get into the word so that you can hear it and see it and read it for yourself and we can discuss it. If you followed us in the past few weeks, you know that we're uh, in the gospel of John chapter seven. Jesus has attended the feast of the tabernacles. He snuck in when people weren't expecting. He starts to teach and he starts to not, not just teach, but he starts to teach on who he is. He references the Father, and the Holy Spirit in accord with himself. He references the Trinity, the idea that we would know now as the Trinity. Jesus equates himself with God. He equates his spirit with himself. He says that if we believe in him, that he will be in us as his Father is in, in him and in he is in his Father. He references these ideas of the Trinity in, in his teaching and how he's expecting us to live and how we can inherit eternal life through our belief in him, through following his commandments, listening to him and following him. And so today we're going to come to you right there in in John chapter 7 where he's just delivered that speech equating himself with the God the Father which riles up some of the Pharisees and religious leaders who claim that's blaspheme and they're seeking a way to find him and to kill him because of these perceived wrongdoings and that's where we want to pick up Today, So grab your Bibles, turn to the gospel according to John chapter 7, verse 32, says the Pharisees heard the crowd murmuring about him to this effect. And he oh, and the chief priests and the Pharisees sent guards to arrest him. So Jesus said, I will be with you only a little while longer. And then I will go to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. So the Jews said to one another, where is he going that we will not find him? Surely he is not going to the dispersion among the Greeks to teach the Greeks, is he? What is the meaning of this saying, you will look for me and not find me? And where I am, you cannot come. On the last and the greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood up and exclaimed, Let anyone who thirsts come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, 
as scripture says, rivers of living water will flow from within him. He said this in reference to the spirit that those who came to believe in him were to receive. There was, of course, no spirit yet because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Couple of things in this passage. One, we'll start at the end of it where John, Jesus' disciple, James' brother, there with Jesus from the very beginning, there with Jesus at the very end, at the crucifixion, at the foot of the cross. John, that was there the morning that the stone was rolled away. John, having written this while he was in exile, has the after uh, sight to be able to write what and, and prelude what will to come. And so he knows that the spirit eventually comes because it comes upon him in Pentecost in the book of Acts. But here he references it because it's only after time has passed that we're able to look back at Jesus's words and find out what he was talking about, understand a little bit better what he meant when he said these things. That's part of the problem with the way that people interpret the words of Christ and they interpret scriptures. They interpret it so often with already a preconception of what they want it to say what they hope that it would say because so that it can fit their agenda so that it can fit their train of thought so that it can fit their lifestyle rather than their lifestyle conforming to Christ. And so um, that's why I bring up John's uh, recognition of the spirit, which is to come to give you some kind of context as to why he said that. Okay, so we start back at the beginning. The Pharisees heard him saying that he was one with the Father and that he was one with the Spirit. They recognized what he was saying, which was he is saying, I am God. And they wanted to kill him. It says specifically in this passage that the chief priests and the Pharisees sent guards to arrest him. And they couldn't find him. Or, or what he says is what he recognizes that they're trying to arrest him. They, he recognizes what will happen, obviously. And he's telling the followers, you're going to seek me, but you won't be able to find me. Where I'm going, you can't go. Right? Jesus is going to open the gates of heaven. And people can't follow him. When Jesus speaks in this manner, he's speaking at a higher level. He's speaking at the supernatural, the metaphysical level. He's speaking in terms of faith. He's speaking in terms of the afterlife. He's speaking in terms of eternity. And just like we, frail human beings with limited capacity to understand, these Pharisees and these Sadducees and these guards, these chief priests, don't understand what the heck he's saying. What do you mean? He's going to go. What is this saying? He's going to be somewhere that we can't find him. He's going to go where we can't follow. Is he going to go to the Greeks? Is he going to go to the Gentiles and preach this blaspheme that, that he's preaching now? What does he mean? 
they can't wrap their minds around Jesus's words and their limited understanding is trying to restrict his teaching, his words into something that they can understand. They're projecting what they believe on, onto him. And so we must be careful as Christians, as followers of Christ in our, in our churches and in our places and houses of worship, not to project what we believe onto the word of God, but be open, open our minds, open our hearts and be open to be transformed by God's word, not trying to transform God's word. There's a difference. And then Jesus goes on to say that let anyone, this is the last day of the feast. So he said, let anyone who thirsts come to me and drink. Anyone who thirsts for goodness, anyone who thirsts for righteousness, anyone who thirsts for eternal life, anyone who seeks out something greater than themselves, anyone who seeks out purpose and meaning, anyone who wants something good and righteous, anyone who wants to have a life abundantly of purpose and meaning and joy and glory and family, anyone who wants what is objectively good in this world. If you thirst for these things, if you're parched, if, you're, if your throat is dry and you, and you yearn for these things, Jesus has come to me and drink. He is the answer. He is the bread of life. He is, as in his words, the true drink. He tells the woman at the well that if you were to have this living water, you would never thirst again. And people come from Samaria to, to meet him, to, to, to hear these words, to have this everlasting drink. Jesus again says it. That if you seek these things, if you thirst for this goodness, for this righteousness, for a life worth living, if you thirst for eternal life, come to me and drink. He goes on to say, because as scripture says, rivers of living water will flow from within him. Whoever believes in me, rivers of living water. Who is the living water? Jesus. Rivers of Jesus will flow from within him. If you believe in Jesus, Jesus says rivers of him will flow from within. He's talking about the spirit. John says this. He's talking about the spirit of God flowing within us. When we seek him, when we thirst for him, when we seek his righteousness and his goodness, when we desire that above all else, that we come to him and drink, come and drink our fill of that living water, of that eternal life, that rivers of Jesus will flow from within us. Rivers of the Holy Spirit will flow from within us. Friends, I, I encourage you that if you seek this righteous life, if you seek eternal life, if you seek communion with Jesus, and if you seek a more prosperous, love, loving, kind, and generous community, that we turn 
to Jesus so that rivers of him flow within us all. And we help shape our families, our communities, and our country. If you support messages like this, if you, if, if you want to see the revitalization of faith across our nation, we don't ask for donations. We ask for your participation. Like, subscribe, to, and share this podcast. This, uh, subscribe to this YouTube channel. Subscribe to this Rumble channel. Tell your friends and get Bible studies together and, and get into the word of God. If you don't watch this podcast every Monday, read scripture, listen to others that are preaching the word of God rightly and justly and showing it to you and reading it to you verbatim so that you can understand what is actually said and you will not be led astray. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, until Monday, we continue down the gospel of John in chapter seven. You guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.